Time again for Scaring is Sharing. Yes, the podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with both each other and you about all things horror. Yeah! Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's what we're doing today. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do every day. It's what we love the most in life. Truly. Truly. I mean, aside from our families and our spouses and our yeah. friends. Exactly. So I guess the list kind of goes on, but you know. But but horror is big. Horror is huge. Okay. H is H. Mm-hmm. Okay. All so right. if you've never listened to us before, Jeremy and I love horror movies. We love watching and talking about them. And that is what we do here on the pod. So this is a traditional episode. No, it's not a traditional episode. No, it's not. We this went is and a... saw a movie together that the the world shared with us. And we're going to talk about that movie after we talk about some other horror shit, okay? Yeah, it's a uh, singular spooky, as we used to call them. Yeah. I guess we still do. Solo scary. There you go. That was the other. I was like, we used to say singular spooky, then it became solo scary. It's whatever you want it to be. Yep, that's right. Uh, And if you want to just skip ahead to us talking about stop motion, look in the podcast notes. There should be a time code if I did everything correctly. Skip ahead. Listen, but really just hang out and talk with us, because that's what we're here for, okay? Yeah, yeah! So, Jeremy, how are yes. you? Doing well. How are you? We didn't even introduce each other, though. Oh my god! Like we normally do. <laughs> you are Brandy Joe Planbeck, the Flame and Scream Queen. I am, and you are Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. It's, and I'm doing well. <laughs> I love that it's, all, like, all so off the cuff that those things... Are you know that they come out later? It's always life, unique. Later in life, you never know what you're gonna get in the beginning. You don't, but that you know that just means it's authentic. Okay, dude. Hell yeah, yeah, buddy. So, Jeremy, what are did you watch anything this week? Uh yeah, actually, let me get to my letterbox real quick because uh, I love it. it. I feel like we really should like get a deal with Letterboxd or something like that. We mentioned them so much. I was just thinking about that. Great platform. Okay, get though. on it. I know, right? Letterboxd, right. please work with us. Great if you want to follow Jeremy and myself, Jeremy and me, you can look at our link tree, which is um, the link on our Instagram, at which is scaring and sharing, all one word. And you can follow both Jeremy and myself. So get on there. Follow yeah. us so we can follow you and see what you're, you're watching. Yeah, if you're on Letterboxd, follow us and uh, whatever. But all yes. right, so yes. I've been I've been nerding out hardcore. I've been steeping myself in sort of the horror adjacent anime world recently. Okay. Uh, so I've been watching. I've watched a few episodes. First off, of the show, it's called Chainsaw Man. Uh, okay. And it is and wild. It's not about Leatherface. It's not. No, it's. It's, you know, fantasy. It's based on a manga like most anime as it starts as, you know, uh, a, a comic book and then they adapt it into an animation. But um, speaking of the list of interesting superpowers, uh, you know, that superheroes or super empowered beings can have in comics. Chainsaw Man, it's this world where there's these things called devils and they're like representations of 
horrible things from uh, 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 I'm trying to remember. He fights like the zombie devil in the first episode. So they, you know, they, okay. they're supposed to be they have powers related to some like awful thing. These demons uh, that are invading the world in this version of uh, uh, Earth in this story. Um, but our main character, uh, Denji, he fuses with a devil which is a chainsaw devil so it gives him a power like he has a uh like a ripcord on his chest that he can pull and that transforms him into this creature that has a chainsaw for a head and like chainsaws coming out of its arms and he's also like unstoppable in that form so it's it's kind of cool is it so it's like um like a parachute like if you're jumping out of a plane Almost, yeah. He's like, and then it transforms him into oh, the I chainsaw see. It, like, man. Pulls to like start yeah, the like chainsaw, a, like you would like a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, whatever. like yeah. It's got the rip, the pull cord, and then he turns into the chainsaw man. Um, and I'm like, got you know, it. I never would have thought of that as a superpower, but it's actually pretty cool to just turn into a thing made of chainsaws and then just cut through all the bad guys. Um, okay, so I'm, ha- I'm having fun watching that. Uh, but I also watched a couple of movies. I've been on this kind of. Uh, lately where when I was younger I used to watch a ton of sci-fi channel uh, and when that was like a new cable uh, station they just played it's it's you know where I saw all the Mystery Science Theater 3000 and mm-hmm. 80s horror movies and then lots of weird anime because they would like fill out their programming block with like this was before you know anime became so ubiquitous as it is now but um it was always like late or early in the morning uh, and they would play these weird grotesque like anime movies all the time. And I've seen many of them and don't know what the movie was. I can remember like scenes from tons of them. So in recent years, thank you, Internet. I've been diving into these, uh, you know, deep, dark holes on the Internet, trying to figure out like what were these different uh, insane movies? Um, and I've come up. Well, one, I already knew what it was. I, I rewatched Vampire Hunter D, which is considered a classic from, I think that's the early, no, late 80s, uh, uh, straight to video, like anime boom, where it's based again on a, uh, well, that one's based on like, I think a novel series where it's it's vampires, but it's set in like a post-apocalyptic world. So it's like a weird mashing of like fantasy and science fiction. Um, but our, the titular D, the vampire hunter, is just you know lone warrior, and he's out there fighting monsters. Um, Wait, so the letter D, just like in Dragon Ball Z, what are these letters? Z in Dragon Ball Z, I think. Well, no, I actually used to know this, but now I don't remember. The Z is there just as like, uh, like a fun because uh, the the original series was Dragon Ball, then the sequel series is Dragon Ball Z, and I think he picked Z just because it sounded cool, actually. Okay. But with Vampire Hunter D, I believe the D is short for Dracula, because that's like a twist later in the mythos is that he's the son of Dracula, the main character okay. um, or a descendant of Dracula. So they just call him D, but I'm pretty sure that's what the D is. Um, but uh, it's just wild, gnarly animation. Like I would recommend anyone out there, too, if you've never seen it, just look up clips on like YouTube of it. In fact, I watched the whole thing on YouTube. Somebody put it on there, but um, it's just got really the the violence is like mind blowing. Like as a kid, seeing that for the first time and being like, wait, cartoons can have like gory violence in them and stuff like that. You know, that was a revelation. But I had also found 
in my uh, trolling around online, I found uh, uh, on YouTube somebody like th- th- this channel was putting together these double features of anime movies. Uh, and the one video they had up, it was Vampire Hunter D. And then the second feature is a flick called Lily Cat, which is one of the wildest things I've ever seen in a long time, where it, it's as if they tried to do an anime adaptation of Alien but also threw in like John Carpenter's The Thing because it's set on a spaceship. Uh, there's a cat, the the lily cat. Um, and it looks a lot like alien, like the set design and stuff. But it, yeah, it's animated and they're on the spaceship and this shape changing creature gets aboard and they have to fight it. Um, it's crazy. OK, but. That was one, again, where as I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute, I vaguely remember this one. So it's, again, one of those things that has lived in the resource recesses of my brain. And I discovered it. I found out what it was. It was Lily Cat. What a weird movie. Now, if I can chime in here, because I don't have much to say on this whole mm-hmm. matter of the things you're talking about. And I don't fine. remember if I mentioned this before or not, but I watched, like, I wanted to find a YouTube video that sort of dove into the um, iceberg movies. Yeah, I think front of the podcast, Matt, I believe, um, wrote in about these before. But if you don't know the iceberg, like breaks down like the tip of the iceberg is things like Hostel and Saw, like these kind of fucked up movies. But like if you're into horror, like they're really nothing. Mm -hmm. And then the further you go down the iceberg under the water, it gets darker and darker into things like slaughter vomit dolls where literally people are like throwing up on each other in these stupid movies. And Mm -hmm. like the um, uh, August Underground, which like look like hyper realistic like people being like cut open and yeah. tortured and shit like that movies with no redeeming artistic Truly, value <laughs> yeah um but so like and like you know uh, as you go down like serbian film is like a couple like it's not towards the bottom it's like a step below um you know saw and hostile really but like the further you go down the more fucked up they are and I wanted to find a YouTube video where someone like watched all of them. Like that's what I was really looking for. But like I didn't look super far, but like I just found a long video where a guy sort of dove in to oh, a yeah. lot of them and like just did some research on like what they were. And I was shocked that like so many on the lower levels are anime. Yes. Because yeah. so much, I, not so much necessarily, but like there's a lot of anime. And I think it's because they can get away with it because it's animated. Like they're not yes. actually out there like, Spending a lot of, I mean, they're obviously paying these animators, I hope, but like they really get into some seriously fucked up shit in this anime. Yes, they, yeah. Anime from like the late 80s through the late 90s, there was like a golden age of just the most hardcore stuff. Uh, they were really pushing the envelope then because I think part of it too is they discovered like, well, the market wanted it. Then they discovered the American market and they were like, oh, people over there are buying these videos that have like just horrific acts of violence, like sexual sex, violence. Yeah. yeah. And all kinds of like whatever you can, whatever horrible event horizon type shit you can imagine. Some animators already done it <laughs> over in Japan. Uh, and that was the boom was like through the especially through the 90s where tons of these like horror, like horror anime was big for a minute in the 90s. So I'm having fun might be the wrong word, but I'm, <laughs> I'm having fun digging through these and discovering like, wow, this stuff is wild. It's so so, so interesting. And I, I mean, I may be 
wrong here because I don't know the exact Asian countries that this happens, but I know in lots of Asian porn, they mm -hmm. like will, you know, blur out the genitalia. Like they're showing all this stuff, but they're like blurring out the genitalia. Yeah. In and so, in uh in Japanese porn, I know that like or pornography in Japan, there's something against I don't know if it's cultural or if it's just like a legal thing where they've decided no you can't show actual penetration so they blur they blur that out so and so uh, i don't know if it's these same countries but i wonder if they're like hey we can get away with it here because it's animated so we're going yeah. all out that's actually i think part of it i had read about like that's why in japan there's the boom of uh uh hentai which is pornographic anime like specifically mm -hmm. so uh that that because they can do that uncensored because <laughs> it's not real people so that became uh, uh how that took off to fill that market and going off of that i can't remember what the it was a netflix show i watched it was like a, a documentary series about they had like sets of twins and they like fed them like one was like a plant-based diet and the other one was like you know, uh, a meat-based diet, and they did, like, the same exercises to see, like, how their body reacted to it. And one of the things they measured was their sex drive. And mm. so they would, like, go into a room and watch porn, and they would have all these things on them to, like, showcase, like, how their sex drive was or something like that. And these two twins on there, that's the kind of porn they wanted to watch. They're like, can I watch anything on this, like, iPad? And they're like, yeah. And that's what they went for. And I'm like, All that's right. so wild to me. Like, <laughs> okay. hey, the people really get into that. And no less, like, these female presenting twins like both were into that i'm like this is Ooh. so fascinating okay interesting different strokes for different folks into it. Yeah. indeed different strokes i mean of course people are into it because they make it right like of course yeah. you it's wouldn't just, make it if no one was buying it right so. it's just like i mean there's something for everyone out there yeah absolutely but all that aside, that's where I've been right now is just, <laughs> just cultivating like as much knowledge as I can on these like weird horror animes because I'm like, holy crap, this is like a whole untapped subgenre for me where I've only seen like a handful of these movies. Uh, and then I go online and find lists, you know, people have made of like, if you like this, you got to watch this one and this one. And like there's all these obscure ones that only came out on video in uh, the US and haven't been seen like since. But people... That's a great sub like culture to get into, too, because they put shit on YouTube like you can find these if you look uh, as opposed to, you know, more mainstream movies that just like there's the, the rights are so strictly controlled. You can't find them anywhere. Okay. So uh, and I think part of it's like, yeah, foreign movies like oh, I love that people just put these whole things on YouTube so I can track them down and with little effort, <laughs> as little effort as possible. Yeah. All right, so I've not watched anything but some reality TV. I'm starting okay. uh, Love is Blind, which is horrific in and of itself, but a good time. Um, so let's take a little trip to Trailerville, because I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Have you watched the trailers for I Saw the TV Glow or The Watchers? Neither of them, but I just saw an article for I Saw the TV Glow, and I understand that Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit is in the movie, apparently. Oh, really? Because, yeah, it's by yeah. the... The filmmaker who did we're all going to the world's fair which we were both fans of yeah and so i'm very i don't know anything about it but i think the trailer dropped today so i'm okay very, i'm very curious but i'm the poster is really cool cool yeah uh and the watchers is the one by m night Shyamalan's daughter i mm. want to say 
Okay. And the gal who was like the older Sally in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the reboot. Yes. And from Mandy, she's in it. And like Elle Fanning. And it, the poster is fucking gorgeous. It's like this sort of unique house in the woods and it's like kind of cut open. And the four of them are standing there looking out. And I think the tagline is something like, you can't see them, but they can see you. Ooh, cool. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Uh, now let's go to, let's do the, the remake roundup. <laughs> remake roundup. Yep. You know what I'm going to talk about here? I know exactly what you're going to say, which is American Psycho has been announced to be remade. For a new generation, which I'm so curious. Some people are like, oh, yeah, it really needs to happen. Other people are like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, I kind of like I really love the original movie. So I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain about why you would want to do it again. Like Christian Bale was perfect in the original. I don't know. Um, I did see a meme online, though, where uh, uh, people were. Uh, saying they want Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia ah. uh, to do it. And it's like, okay, that makes sense because his character Dennis in It's Always Sunny is like a psychopath almost modeled after Patrick Bateman at times. So it's like, okay, I could see that. And he's be- like, I just saw another meme about him in particular. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it was about bodies, but it was like what I want my body to look like and it was like him all buff and crazy and then it was like what i really look like and it was like him with some weight on him because uh-huh. has he gone through major changes yeah well no 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 uh you may be thinking that's uh rob McElhaney. oh uh, maybe. yeah yeah because he he did a thing in the show where he he gained weight for a couple of seasons uh like on purpose <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know any of their names. Some you yeah. might be right. Let me and see. Then, I'm gonna pull it up right now, and you can tell me. And then he lost the weight and got ripped. So yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Rob McElhaney. Okay. Oh, I yep. like him chubby, or rather with a little weight. I don't even know if he's chubby. He's just thicker than he was on the the other one. Yeah, yeah. He did that uh, apparently just because he thought he he tried to convince the whole cast like we should all just get fat for a season because that'll be funny <laughs> and no one else wanted to do it and he's like fine i'm just gonna do it so. that is so funny yeah i would be intrigued to say to see what happens with american psycho because i think a mm-hmm. lot of the things that are like the the themes that are discussed in the novel and the movie about how we're not really listening to each other and the materialistic like all of that holds true in a different kind of way with like social media and things like that so i could see it playing out and. I feel like you could put a new spin on the whole because serial killers and true crime are so big in a in a way they weren't when like the novel was originally written uh, or in uh, in a way I should that is different than from when the original novel and the original movie came out. Like, I feel like you could put an interesting spin on that. Mm -hmm. And in the same article, I read that the dead zone is also getting a remake. Oh, okay. So I still haven't seen the original intent. So Mm -hmm, I gotta check that out. Yeah. Uh, And on that note, some things I have not seen, or rather, I'm curious if you've seen them. So I got into a bunch of dead meat kill count videos because I just like if I just need some brain numbing things, I'll watch those for movies I've seen that Mm -hmm. I haven't seen in a while because they're fun. He gives really cool facts about them and. Things like that, like I just enjoy them, except for like the little commercials that happen in the beginning when he like infomercials. Those are annoying, but I fast forward through. Mm -hmm. So throughout the course of that, there were a couple of movies that came up and various things through that and maybe some other YouTube videos. I'm curious if you've seen. Have you seen Would You Rather? 
No. You know? Do you know all about it? Like, do you even know how it all plays out? Not at all. Not at all. But you know what it is. I know it's yeah. Isn't it like a dinner party and yeah, and shit goes crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. So I was curious because that I feel I don't know I feel lots of ways about that movie, but I didn't know if you'd seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, and I'm sure you had to have seen this. Stir of Echoes. Long time ago. So good though. I remember seeing it in the movie theater, like in college, I think. Mm-hmm. But I remember there being some genuinely creepy stuff. Kevin Bacon. Um, yeah. Young Scream King for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, some creepy ghost stuff. Um, and then also Ghost Watch. Did you ever see that? No, but I know all about it and I've always wanted to see it. Yeah. I watched it not too long ago, a couple of years ago, I want to say. Uh, so yeah, that that's a good little one. And then another one that I read was the first serious ghost or haunted house movie. Like everything prior to it had been sort of silly. Or like had um, a comedy element. And that's The Uninvited. Have you seen that? I actually own it on Blu-ray. I've never seen that. So put that on your pipe and smoke. Okay. First yeah. possible one I could see. The do Uninvited. Like I do. I do. Okay. It's, the it's poster very, is really cool. It's a very cool movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I had on Have You Seen It? dot com <laughs> okay yeah the uninvited was one that i i'm upset that i totally forgot about it when we were just talking about haunted house movies because i remembered it after the fact and i'm like that's like the og actual haunted house movie where like where there is a ghost you know in the movie so yeah um yeah i i uh it's cool it's a cool one so i'll have to put that on the list um remake stuff though did you see what dropped today Ah, uh, no the first photos of the crow remake with oh, Bill Skarsgård. Oh, I did. Oh, he looks good. And yeah, the internet is losing its shit though. It's divisive. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because a lot of people don't like that they broke from his traditional like goth look from the original that, movie. Like it's a remake. We got to do yeah. something different. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? Yeah, and they've updated him. He looks like a modern like punk rock star because they he's got like the fashion mullet, like the punk mullet, and covered in tattoos. And it's like, yeah, that feels more genuine to uh, you know music scenes nowadays. So um, I don't know. I mean, I reserve judgment when I see design char- new character design like that. I have to wait and see the movie uh, to to see how it plays out okay that's that's where i'm at i was like okay it's making me excited to see the movie but i want to see it in action because i feel like seeing some still images is not the same as actually sitting down and seeing clips of the movie so mm-hmm. but the trailer's supposed to be coming very soon and the movie's supposed okay. to be out in the summer i think so it's coming very oh. quickly yeah okay. Fun. yeah mm-hmm. uh shall we get to some teragrams i know we have a handful yeah let's do them you kick us off all right, first up, we got from the goth botanist, Lauren. She writes, this just happened. Setting. Tessa is having a Galentine sleepover. Get it? Galentine? And I was going to say, I know all about Galentine. <laughs> I watched Parks and Rec. I know all about Galentine's Day. Uh, and the four girls decided they want to watch X. I tell them that's fine because I've seen it. I remind them that there's porno related stuff in it. Uh, This is also probably why sleepovers always happen at our house. They're 14. They can find worse on the Internet. Very true. Uh, Tessa, as soon as the movie starts, why does it look like that? Me. Because it's supposed to be the 70s. So it looks a lot like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Tessa, wait. 
there was porn in the 70s me <laughs> um yeah <laughs> it's like it's sorry tessa that's like Porn's been around for as long as there's been cameras. It's existed. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Lauren continues. Ghost woman movies. And then I like to use the emojis of lipstick and a ghost. <laughs> the one with it, the ghost <laughs> is sticking its tongue out. Love it. Uh, and she says, Mama from 2013. Uh, Darkness Falls. 2003. Dead Silence. The, and The Grudge. And she said, that's pretty much the classic. So it didn't even need to be listed. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even think of the grudge. Um, and then she said that she had intentionally omitted ghost girls like Ringu and ghost possessions like The Conjuring. Uh, very good. Mm -hmm. And then she continues. I just watched Thanksgiving with Tessa since I had already seen it. And she never forgave me for watching it without her. The whole time she was pointing out the cheesy horror tropes and logic flaws. Occasionally, I would confirm that I thought the same thing. Eventually, she exclaimed, of course you did. I'm your daughter. You showed me all these horror movies. <laughs> well, good, because I, I thought it was fine, but I did not love it. It did not make my top 10. So I'm right there with Tessa. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably add it into my rotation every Thanksgiving because that's like I like to have my holiday horror movies and there aren't a whole lot that are actually good for Thanksgiving. I guess now I'm going to be watching Blood Rage and Thanksgiving. Oh, so Blood Rage is so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'll be watching every year for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I did not love Darkness Falls, nor did I love Dead Silence. Actually, nor did I love The Grudge, quite honestly. But I do love Mama, although I thought my husband was going to love it and we watched it and he was not crazy about it. I just remember the end, like, really surprising me with the way they went. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen Mama. You have uh, not? I have not. Oh, you have not? I have not. The hell? Uh, yeah, and The Grudge, of course, is a classic. Uh, Darkness Falls, is that the one with the Tooth Fairy? Yes. Okay, and I have seen that. Uh, like a long time and I remember that movie was super divisive because people I remember being like really just like thought the idea of using the tooth fairy as a monster was stupid but I don't know I thought the creature design was kind of cool so yeah the idea was good yeah, yeah uh, hold on let me say though in regards to oh wait the grudges next are on her list the thing about the grudge is like yes mostly it takes place in a house but like it carries over like it follows people yeah so, Oh, wait, she said ghost woman movies. I was thinking haunted house in my head. Got yeah. it. Ghost, so, woman ghost woman movies. Woman movies. Yes. And my yes. original, I was like, well, it's not really, it's kind of a haunted house, but it, yes. Cause there is the creepy. Yep. It's kind yeah. of a ghost girl though. It's kind of like Ringo. Yeah. I don't know. I don't You know what? <laughs> Whatever Lauren wants, Lauren gets. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Thank ghost you. Lauren, for writing love in. And we love that. We love that you share. The movies with Tessa and oh my god, the seventies. I mean, Deep Throat was I think the first porn I ever saw. So, oh really? Wow, was the seventies. Yes, my dad had a VHS that had Deep Throat Cinderella, which was a pornographic Cinderella with a snapping pussy. That is Whoa. what she got instead of um, instead of glass slippers. Uh huh. Yeah, and it was because here's the thing: it was like a porn, but like a soft core, like Cinemax porn. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, but when she would like go have sex, it would make like a noise like, 
And the guy, the prince was like, oh my God, it feels so good. <laughs> so there was just like an orgy happening at the ball. And then he had to go around and screw everyone in the land to find out who had the snapping pussy. And the fairy godmother was like a fairy, like a really gay guy. Oh, it was a play okay. on that. Um, and so deep throw Cinderella. And then there was one other one with, I, I know someone had sex on a motorcycle. Do you remember the first porn you watched? No. Well, what I think the first thing I ever saw that would like qualify as pornographic was, um, there was a K on one of the, it was on like HBO or Showtime or something. It was like a series though, like real sex or something oh, like that. Yeah. I loved real sex. I think that was, I think that was one of the first things I saw that had like sex in it because you know, they, people. Yeah. yeah yes. Uh, that showed like actual, you know, uh, uh, it's like because the episode was like about fetishes i remember it exactly uh so yeah it, it was uh i think it was that um or yeah some skinamax thing okay yeah. okay because that was that was the sleepovers of young boys with parents that had cable you're like oh, we'll sure. stay up late and see what's on Ooh, what's this yep, it yep. has sex in the title let's watch it oh, and then yeah. being like i'm not sure how i feel about this but I feel good, I guess. So, uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then, and then seeing Playboys. Like my uncle had some Playboys. I discovered as you know, me and my cousin found as uh, youngsters. So those are the earliest experiences I remember. My dad did too. He had, I think, penthouses because that was the thing. They had male and female genitalia in it, which for my young not yet ready to come out but like i definitely was stimulated by the naked guys which you wouldn't have gotten mm -hmm. a playboy and i always remember there was like some article and i had no idea who he was about rock hudson and there was a picture and i don't know if it's like it was a real picture of rock hudson but there was like a black and white picture of a guy and like uh, an erect penis like almost in his mouth mm -hmm. and it was so like i just remember looking at that picture like eh, i remember it so vividly so yeah Good times, porn. There you go. You know? Yep, porn back in the day. And you, <laughs> and you used to actually, you had to go looking for it too. Oh, you it did. Just, it, you couldn't just type it in, okay? Nope. You had to you go had seeking to it out. Across it. Yep. Or had a friend who showed it to you. Yeah, exactly. But yes, go if you are so inclined. Go look up Cinderella snapping pussy, and I bet it will be very amusing for you. Also, back in the day when they were actual movies, like it wasn't sure. just it wasn't just showing sex. They were like, we're gonna make a plot. And there's a like, story. Have you seen Deep Throat? And characters. I've never, I've seen scenes from it. Okay, I've never so you watched know, the though, movie. That, like the plot in it. And like, yeah. Like, oh, a yeah. You know the plot. Character yeah. And all that. yeah. 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 I've, yeah, I've seen silly. clips from it. I've watched a documentary about it like years ago that uh, went all in depth on it because it became, it was weird because it was a crossover where it became like a legitimate movie hit. Yeah. Uh, for, like, like mainstream yeah, places, people. Yeah, yeah. Which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And there's a movie also, I think, with Amanda Seyfried in it called Lovelace about Linda Lovelace. Yeah. And I've never seen that. It really didn't take off back in the day mm -hmm. when it came out. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. All right. Next up, we have an email from friend of the podcast, Matthew, who I earlier called Matt, but it's Matthew. Sorry. Mm. And the subject is Brett Easton Ellis, period. And Matthew writes, hello, Fright Friends. Oh, I like that. I loved that Brett Easton Ellis got some love on your last episode. I have feelings about him as an author. I either devour his books or I give up. 
of the ones I've finished are American Psycho, Less Than Zero, and very recently, The Shards. The Shards is good if you like a coming of age with a noir horror as a backdrop. I'm not sure how else to describe it. It takes place in LA in 1981 while the main character, who is named Brett Easton Ellis, is attending his senior year of high school and meanwhile a serial killer is tormenting LA. I've recently heard that this is being adapted as a series for HBO with Ellis writing and Luca Guadagino to direct. Ooh. Excited to see this come to life. Matthew, I don't know if I pronounce his name correctly, but that's the Call Me By Your Name director, correct? And, uh... Uh, Suspiria, the remake, right? Yes, yes, yep. yes, yes. Yeah. Intriguing. So, Interesting. yeah. That should shards. be wild. And it's shards with a D, like David, not the sharks. Okay, okay? not shard, not, not sharding. In case you were curious. Ooh. Yeah. Well, thanks, I'm... Matthew. And yeah, I mean, you got some Brady Snell's love on this episode as well. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've always dug him. I found his novels and his books titillating yeah. and also grotesque and there, you know i loved reading about drugs and partying and sex and all those things so i was always very intrigued it's just been a million years yeah. since i've really read a book i was on the it's only podcast book club and i just haven't picked it up in weeks mm -hmm. and weeks and weeks so i'm way way behind but um go check them out join their book club it's only a podcast and their book club is appropriately called it's only a book club so and I was going to say too, American Psycho, the actual like novel, when you read it, uh, that's full of some of the most grotesque violence oh, yeah. I think I've ever read committed to the sure. page. Yes. So yeah, it'll leave an impression on you, his work for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Next up, we got Teacher Drew, who says, hello, scare boys. Thanks for reminding me of two classic horror movies on your last episode. I rewatched them both. Crimson Peak has a cast that is sublime. I appreciated the blood on the snow aesthetic. Some of the characters' choices were questionable, but I'll chalk it up to the characters' naivete. I actually like Woman in Black even more. Gothic ghost stories usually don't pull me in, but this one always does. Again, a good cast and a dark, misty setting. Can I just say the ending was brutal? I like it. Fun fact, a touring company revival is now playing in Phoenix. I might have to get tickets. Today, I hope to see Stop Motion. I wish you had seen it first. The reviews are very mixed. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thank you, Teacher Drew. Also, yes, you please. are in luck, buddy. <laughs> please go see that woman in black. I want to hear all about it. And have you seen the TV version, the BBC one? I must know. Please write in and tell us. Yes. And I'm sorry we couldn't get to it before you saw it, but you'll be hearing, as you know, you saw the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Stop yeah. motion day. So, and Crimson Peak, I know there is blood on the snow, but there's also a lot of that, like, red mud that comes yes. up through the snow right i should say he said blood on the snow but he put blood in quotations so because it's actually because it, it is that like mud which is like people right like dead people yeah i, I can't remember it's yeah it's it's it, it is like an earthen clay that's coming out of the ground but it is crimson like blood so yes 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 but oh yeah love blood and snow love blood and milk just love that contrast in color mm -hmm. i think it's yeah. because those are colors too that really resound with us as humans because you know red is like is the color of blood so there's something very primal about it uh and then white too you know milk uh 
life and all that life giving and liquid. red rage like when yeah. people see red that's like their rage full and also it's very lust oriented yeah it is so yeah, i think so. it like and white is like purity and like you said life so they are mm -hmm. very contrasting not like not opposites but contrasting yeah and they're very primal yeah i think those are colors that really connect with people in ways we don't even understand because it's buried in our psyches yeah i love that i love burying it deep in my psyche okay mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah get in there fucker yeah get deep well thank in. you everyone for writing if you want to write to us scaring a sharing at gmail.com or follow us on insta scaring a sharing all one word that is right. Shall we get to our movie, Jeremy? Let's do it. Let's talk Let's about do it. So stop motion. We went and saw stop motion, as you know, by clicking on this episode. And uh, so there is no tagline, which is crazy. It seems like a movie that would be just like there's a tagline in there. Yeah, I don't somewhere know where it is, but it seems like it's in there. Like the Ash Man cometh or something like that you know something yeah so the description on letterbox wait this is a movie it says 2023 but it came out in this year 2024 it's directed by robert morgan and the description is ella blake a stop-motion animator struggling to control her demons after the loss of her overbearing mother embarks upon the creation of a film that becomes the battleground for her sanity as Ella's mind starts to fracture, the characters in her project take on a life of their own. Oh my god. Ah! Yeah! Jeremy. Yeah. What did you think of this film? I found it very interesting. Uh, I think, yet again, we have another movie that this is the filmmaker's first feature length. Yes. Uh, where it feels like they're jumping right out the gate with a pretty developed voice and... Uh, you know, sense of uh, style. Because uh, th this thing, really, I could not stop thinking about uh, what movies I was trying to relate this to, because I'm like, it feels like an amalgamation of things I've seen before. Talk about, you know, taking influences and making something new. Um, and what I came up with earlier is it feels very much like... Uh, a little bit like David Lynch's Eraserhead, mm. uh, mix it with Peeping Tom, the famous British horror movie, uh, and of course, because of the stop motion, uh, the work of Jan Svankmeyer, who's a Czech filmmaker that is known for his use of stop animation. Uh, very, uh, the best way to describe it is grotesque stop animation uh in his work so it felt like all of those things in a blender i was oh, i was just gonna say can i throw another film into the blender yeah hereditary oh yes absolutely because of the mother and she yes. like, does miniatures i was gonna sneeze and i stopped myself um <laughs> but she does miniatures and i just felt there were definite themes of like yes. it has the sort of vibe of hereditary uh-huh yeah yeah it sort of did didn't it at times yeah um other times like so that's the thing like i i would say that i did not dislike this but i wasn't necessarily super crazy about it um like I, it kind of hooked me in the beginning but i feel like there was some plot points that were a little bit cliched and i was already sort of like oh i think i understand what's going on here it's not as uh it's not like a shock or anything once they got to certain plot points at the end i was like no i understood that that's what was happening like very quickly so um but then and then it goes off into some more 
uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, metaphorical territory. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a unique watch, unique experience, especially to see in theaters, I think. Yeah, because it was IFC and Shudder, which I think is like when Evil Lurks, which I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some others that I have that have come out recently. Um, so it's fun to see Shudder like pop up on your big screen. I wish I would have seen Watcher in the theater last year. I think it was presented. That would have so- been cool. I just love that movie so fucking much. But it. So the story is there's this our main character, right? Ella and her mom does stop motion and she like helps her mom who is ailing and can no longer function the stop motion like character. So Ella is sort of standing in for her, but has sort of a like this is what she's been doing for a long time as well. And then her mom has a stroke and becomes sick. And then Ella sort of like takes on the project. But then there's this little girl who's like, you should do this other story. And so she starts doing this other sort of creepy story. And then it's sort of like the disintegration of how that all goes down is like the gist of this film, which is not necessarily covered in the description. Mm-hmm. My One of my major like, what the fuck questions about all of this is she's like staying in her mom's house. Mm-hmm. But, like the studio is set up. When her mom goes into the hospital, why does she move into this small apartment to start doing all this stuff? I, I All I remember is some dialogue with her boyfriend where he was like, you can't stay there. It'll be too like difficult, like emotionally, sort of. So I think that was ostensibly no what sense. it was. I yeah. mean, because here's the other reason I thought of Hereditary. I mean, I sort of touched on it already, but she has a sort of overbearing mom, which in Hereditary, the mom is already dead at the top. But there's this like lingering vibe of her and the the sort of thumb she had on the family and how she tried to control things. Yep. And I liked that element here, but I never felt like I was on Ella's side. Like I no. didn't see enough of Ella in the beginning to know her. So to like really feel for her when her mom was being horrible to her. Yeah, because she honestly felt kind of horrible herself, too. So, you know, like it it didn't they didn't give me enough to like want to identify with Ella. I just felt like, man, they're just shitty to each other. That sucks is what it felt like. Yeah. And I mean, it's another movie we talked about recently, but it also reminded me of May. But Mike, the thing, whether you love or hate May or just feel sort of indifferent about it, I think that Angela Bettis's characterization of may makes that movie stand out i think that it elevates it from what it is Mm -hmm. on lots of levels because you feel for her she's weird and quirky and she has so much personality and here i don't like i never got wrapped up in ella no she feels i never got a chance to like her not that she has to be 100 percent likable but there has to be things about her that i'm on her side like tony collette is not a lovable character necessarily but like She's trying to hold her shit together and trying to hold the family together and dealing with all these things that, you know, if you've never seen a hereditary, I won't give them away. But like it's compounded as the movie goes on. And Mm -hmm. she's not like a likable character, but you're on her side and you're rooting for her. It's because, like you said, she has actual personality. So there's something to play off of yourself personally, like watching the movie. Whereas I feel like Ella in this, there's not enough in the beginning. She seems kind of crazy from the jump, 
Uh, and so that you're not really on a journey as much, you know, watching her disintegrate. It, it, what you're watching feels inevitable because you're like, oh, yeah, of course, they're going to make her crazy by the end. But like, there's not really a character there. Like the person with the most character in this is a little girl. And I found her so annoying. Like she drove me crazy. She was just like super duper annoying. And that's the one thing where like when that character was introduced to, I'm like, I know exactly where this is going. Oh, yeah. Like it's and telegraphed. I thought it was going to be start. a big reveal, but they never do really reveal it. It just sort of eventually is like, no. Yeah. It's just sort of addressed eventually, but you're like, ah, but that kind of is not as interesting. <laughs> Because here's like the more I thought, because eventually in the story, like I I sort of touched on, like she starts like putting together a new stop motion film that's all about like this little girl who's being chased by the Ashman, as you sort of alluded to, which is this like creepy villain. And like she goes to this cabin, the Ashman comes and visits three times. That's like the gist of the story. And in my mind, I thought, like, if we could have had a better setup with Ella in the beginning, finding out who she is, rooting for her, being on her side, having her mom be an asshole to her and sort of pressing her, like, what she wants with stop motion on Ella. But Ella really has these dreams of doing these other things. Like, Mm -hmm. at one point, the mom's like, well, what do you want to do? And Ella sort of freezes up. I'm like, that was the chance. For Ella to say, like, these things I she have wants an idea. to do, yeah. and for us to be like, oh my god, that's great, and then the mom to shut her down, and then we're on Ella's side. We're rooting for Ella. We want her to tell that story. Mm-hmm. But then, like, so then the mom goes in the hospital for a very long time. Ella starts to sort of tell her own story, but really telling the little girl's story, which, you know, whatever. I won't get into that, but... um. Like, it would have been interesting if she was telling the story she wanted to tell, and then if, like, the character of her mother... Or somehow her mom and her mom's evilness towards her, her, her rate, like just how she wouldn't like if that feeling started to come into Ella's story and to sort of start to weigh down the story Ella wants to tell is like this character kept showing up at night and the character was like representative of the mom and the mom's control. Like, I just feel there was like a story in there. Like the coolest thing about this movie is the stop motion, which is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. it is. Like you said, it's that creepy stop motion. Yes, it's, it's eerie. It's very strange. That was one of the things I was going to say. I do like is as the Ashman develops. I think that's a truly creepy character that they put together there. And there's some scenes with it where I'm like, okay, this is pretty close to nightmare fuel. Uh, watching this thing and because he just looks like he's made of rotten meat uh, and is covered with cigarette ash. So it's like. I mean, he isn't. That's not what he looks like. That's what he is. That's what he is. Actually, he is made of dead meat. So it's like it's such a wild horror movie character design, you know, pretty unique. I have a. I would say it stands out to me uh, in recent memory. Like what's a really unique horror movie character? I'd say that one for sure. And even the little girl that's in the movie, like the weird little uh, girl, too. These are some really unique characters. And uh, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I would have rather have watched a full length movie film yeah. of that story mm-hmm. which i mean you know it is in and of itself probably a five minute movie but i mean stop motion like and i loved the showing how stop motion is done mm-hmm. like i thought that was really cool too i thought another way that it could have spun that would have been interesting is if somehow she and like the people in her life somehow were became stop motion characters oh yeah you know like like there could have been something i just found these like interesting ideas in my head of where it could have gone that it did not go and i'm not saying i because i will be the last person to say like i'm smart or i have great ideas but like 
I just thought the ideas presented in it, like you said, felt a little formulaic and nothing too crazy interesting. But some of it was well executed as far as a stop motion. I think there was some grossness to this. Like, I think if you're mm -hmm. a vegetarian, this movie would probably really gross you out. Yeah, um, for sure. And there's just some like eerie things in it. But then so many other scenes that come across a little boring because they're not infused with these characters that you love, like even her boyfriend and the bro boyfriend's sister are not well fleshed out. Like the boyfriend is just nice. Like, but eh, there's yeah. no, the, like, where's the conflict? Where is the there's no story layers? In, yeah, in him? exactly. Yeah. And they just feel like they're just there. They're just plot points. They're not actual characters is what it feels like. So, and there's like a drug fueled party at one point, which ends up not even actually being drug fueled, which is yeah. like, I which don't understand weird. that. Yeah. But what like was there's going this on party there? with like, Ooh, creepy movies playing and you know, people walking around looking all like they're at a rave and people's heads getting smashed with glass. And like, it, it just like, that just felt like, uh, I was just like, ugh, this. Yeah, I know. And it's like me watching it, though. I'm like, I've been to parties like that and they were fun, <laughs> <laughs> like not like horror movie fuel. So like it, I always cringe at that. The like, let's make the trippy, weird artist party some sort of hellscape in their mind. But you're like, no, nah, I've been to those and those are actually fun parties. So what are you talking about? <laughs> but like, I, that's another opportunity, I feel, for this movie to have helped further the personalization the characterizations of the, the people in this this movie like she sort of goes to the party to get fucked up to because the sister at one point says like i trip my balls off and that's how i get a lot of my great ideas because she miraculously is also into stop motion which like what are the chances of that yeah everyone does stop motion <laughs> everyone does stop motion over there this is yeah. british by the way um so british right that's yeah. what it was yeah yeah yeah. Um, but like, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. Like the, the sister could have been like, hey, you're hanging out in your apartment too much. I'm going to take you to a party. We're going to have fun. We're going to trip. And like, then they're at the party together. They're, they're building this relationship. But instead, she goes to the party by herself. She mm -hmm. sees the sister. She gets drugs. And then she just sort of disappears on her own. Like, I'm like, it like it could have been like the scene in um, Terrifier 2 when the, the two girls go to the big party and the one girl drugs the other girl like you know, like she's like, I wanted you to have fun, and like she's tripping, and then uh -huh. crazy shit happens. Like that, but that's like a fun. I mean, it's not fun to get drugged. Like you shouldn't yeah, drug yeah, your yeah. friends without them knowing. But like it helps build the story a little bit better than what this tried to do in that scenario. Well, yeah, which again feels like, as we've been saying, it feels sort of like non-plot. <laughs> it's just stuff that happens, but you're like, there's not really a story that's building here, so I, I'm not. It's hard to get invested. And for anyone who's seen All of Us Strangers, which is so good and so heartbreaking and maybe not a horror movie, but there's a lot of ghosts in it. Uh, it has a scene that's sort of reminiscent of like the rave here in my mind. Mm. But like that one like hurts because it's this like just remember it too well. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it just feels like very real. And this feels very manufactured and like, let's put creepy things up on the video. Let's have a weird puppet and a girl with eyes drawn over on her eyelids. And yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. So it just gets oh, a little okay. exhausting in that way. It does. And there is a scene that involves like uh, a wound. And I'm sure it grosses some people out, but I wanted that to even go further than it did. Mm, okay. Like I didn't, like I thought 
that should have even gone further. Yeah, what I wanted. I thought it was. I thought it was going to, but then it just kind of petered out. Yeah, some of the climax, which I, I, you know, I think it's probably better since it's so new and probably gonna be out on Shutter in like two weeks. Like, I don't want to get into it because I would like people to watch this movie because mm-hmm. I, I do like Teacher Drew said it is pretty mixed what people think of this film from what I've read and listened to and things like that, but like. There's some really cool elements in the finale. And mm-hmm. then there's other things that I don't love. You yeah, know? Exactly. But there's some, like the practical effects in this are so cool. That's the thing that really helps. The practical effects and all of the stop motion are like really positive elements that like if they weren't in this movie, I would just be like, this is so drab and mm-hmm. not worth your time. But those things to me make it worthwhile. I just still don't, they don't save it. Yeah. And an unexpected good thing to come out of this movie is it has now made me want to rewatch some of Jan Spunkmeyer's movies. Um, Have you seen, do you know any of his work? Is that like the Wolf House? He did, well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I only know like a few of his movies, but he did a flick called Alice. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen any of his stuff. Which is a very weird version of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, I've always been intrigued by it. And he did uh, Little Otik, which is based on like a Czech fable. Uh, and it's kind of a weird monster movie. That one's uh, uh, that one was wild from what I remember. I watched his stuff in college um, and now I want to revisit it because it's been so long. I barely remember his movies. So, no, the Wolf House is uh, direct. It looks similar, like mm. it looks kind of like stop motion. And the directors are Joaquin Cosigna. And Cristobal Leon. Oh, I don't know and that. It one. looks really cool. I know they've talked about it on It's Only a Podcast. Um, the description is tells the story of Maria, a young woman who takes refuge in a house in a south in southern Chile after escaping from a German colony. Wow. But yeah, that it looks really bizarre. And it's supposed to be, I don't know, I, I think creepy just because of some of its um, you know, uh the things that it shows. I don't know literally if it's considered a horror film or not, but it can definitely be viewed as creepy. It's sort of like the movies I just mentioned too, yes, where I'm exactly. like, I don't think I don't think they'd be considered horror films, but they are grotesque and creepy. So Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty mixed on this movie. I never but from the get-go, when things the way things were moving, I just like th- the thing that really first just turned me off was that we ended up in this sort of dwindling, like falling apart hotel. I mean, mm-hmm. a hotel like apartment building. And I swear it was never explained. Like it just, it felt so weird to me when she had her mom's house that she was living in and her mom was not even dead. Her mom's just in the hospital. Why isn't she staying there? Cause she was, her whole thing was to finish her mom's movie. That just was so, like, I was just like, I don't understand. So in my head, I'm already just like, what the fuck? And then it just, the more it went along, I'm just like, mm-hmm. tropes and some generalization things that happen in films. And then, like, the cool stuff just wasn't outweighing the stuff that was driving me bonkers. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of a mixed bag. Yeah. And the director did, I think, a couple of segments. He did a segment in the ABCs of Death 2. Mm did you see those movies? Um, I feel like I think I watched the whole ABCs of death. The first one. Okay. I don't know. I've just, I I've seen tons of 
segments from them. I'm not yeah. sure I've ever watched the whole movies. And I mean, um, for there being whatever, 52 short films or however many. <laughs> yeah. As a 52? Something like that. Yeah. There's <laughs> I'm a, glad that you don't know right off the bat either. Yeah. Um, like there's, a, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. There's a, yeah. That's all I remember about it is like thinking half of them were like just garbage and then some of them were okay. But like, if you've I don't... not seen it, it's like each letter of the alphabet is like a way to die. Yeah, so some I of see... them are horror and some of them are funny. Ostensibly, because like, I feel like it's for discotheque and like someone will be at a disco and like a, a disco ball will fall on them and kill them like that sort of thing. Yeah. And I feel like some of them are kind of a stretch. And if also if I remember, yeah. too, they I don't think they do every letter. I think they double up on some and stuff. Oh, like that. Okay. If, I, if I remember watching it, okay. so I was like, oh, OK, I feel kind of cheated here. You said it was every <laughs> every letter letter. So, yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Anything else to say about stop motion? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of um, five pieces of flesh puppets, yeah, I was going to say flesh puppets. <laughs> yep, out of five flesh puppets, uh, I'm going to give it a solid three. Okay, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Whoa! I know. I just couldn't do a three. I couldn't and- fully recommend this. There you have. <laughs> Blitz scream! Blitz scream! Whoa! Right. We're getting some I know, I just, I, I in there back again. and forth, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I almost said for as cool as it was, but like, I just yeah, couldn't. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in a given mood, so I see that. I see. Yeah, that. yeah. You know. Well, all right. Well, please write in. Tell us what you thought. A stop motion or ghost girls or whatever. You know, scary yeah, sharing at gmail dot com. What do you think? All one word. Um. I was I was uh, gonna say in the spirit of Valentine's Day, I feel like giving it a uh, passing grade. So there you go, stop motion. Okay, for all the gals out there, for all the ghost gals, <laughs> all the ghost gals out there. Um, yeah, fun all times. Right. Well, keep uh, coming back, as they say. You know, yeah. Sometimes they come back, and remember, don't cross the stream. Oh my God. He threw me off so much now. I don't even know what to say. Who are you going to call? <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.